I'm concerned people have lost sight of character, integrity, courage, and honor, and instead worship celebrity. I'm concerned they revere a uniform with numbers, but disrespect a uniform with a badge. I'm concerned, and we're doing something about it. These are heroic Americans who walk among us, people who put themselves at risk for the benefit of others. It's been my great blessing to have spent most of my life in the company of heroes. Welcome to this Real American Heroes vid podcast. It's all about real American heroes, the kind of people with whom I've spent my whole life. I'm Oliver North, and yes, this is my beard. It's going to remain on my face until we no longer have to shelter in place or Betsy makes me shave. I call this our Press On America campaign, our mission, and Marines love missions, is to provide you, the American people, with facts, straight scoop on how to persevere in tough times. In each of these vid podcasts, we're going to put on experts willing to share their advice, wisdom, and experience as encouragement to all Americans. Our guest today is former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, a best-selling author, speaker, chairman of Gingrich 360, host of Newt's World Podcast, a dear, close, personal friend, a fellow author, and also a Fox contributor. Now, Mr. Speaker, if you are still Speaker of the House, you're coming to us from the Vatican in Italy, right? If you were still Speaker of the House, what should Congress be doing right now? One of the things that strikes me it ought to be is broadening our supply and distribution network so we're not in the hands of the Chinese everywhere we go. What else? Yeah, well, that's part of it. First of all, I think what they should be doing right now is being back home, talking with people, uh, finding out what's working, what isn't working, serving as sort of the front line of helping the administration defeat the virus. Uh, Second, I think they need to be planning to really change the tax law to make it very desirable to take any investment out of China, rebuild it in the U.S. When people learn that 80% of some pharmaceuticals are made in China, uh, that's handing over a level of power over us that's crazy. Uh, third, they ought to look at, at uh, how do we prepare for the future in terms of potential pandemics? Uh, we've had regularly some kind of fairly significant break of either SARS or MERS or H1N1. This one is just bigger, more rapidly moving. And of course, we have, we have uh, every single year, we have a problem with the flu. And I think we ought to be more aggressive about the kind of public health measures that would let us handle these without having to wreck the economy. Aside from changing the tax law, is there any action you want from Congress? Well, I think in terms of where we are, I think they're going to have to eventually come back and look at uh, how, do you, how do you restart the economy in a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think uh, that's going to be an important part of what happens after we defeat the virus. But frankly, uh, defeating the virus has to be the first order of the day. So you're at the Vatican. Italy's been hit very hard by COVID-19. What's Easter Sunday going to be like in St. Peter's Square? Well, it's pretty eerie. As you know, my wife, Calista, is the ambassador to the Vatican. And uh, the other day, we watched the Pope uh, give a sermon uh, called Urbi and Urbi. Um, and he walked up a totally empty square to then talk by himself. It was really haunting and historic. Uh, I think right now they plan to broadcast 
the Pope by himself, but uh, there's not going to be people in uh, St. Peter's. I mean, it's, there are 900 churches in Rome, and they're all basically closed down right now. Um, the, the virus here almost got totally out of hand. There, there are about 100,000 Chinese who live in northern Italy. Whoa. And as a result, um, what happened was the Chinese bought a number of high-end Italian firms, and they wanted to be able to continue to say made in Italy. So they imported 100,000 workers, so it's made in Italy by Chinese. And that's why the, the, the and then they had direct flights from Wuhan, which the Italian government, out of a concern for political correctness, allowed to go on for several weeks too long. And that literally imported the virus in a big way. And they're hopefully, uh, we're right at the edge of, of uh, being at, at, at the peak of the virus, but it's been really pretty sobering. You know, I, I've got a report here. This is a news report, it's on Fox. Uh, that the Chinese are very active with their propaganda. It's almost an active measures campaign, a disinformation campaign, as we'd have called it back in my day when you were speaker. I, I look at this kind of stuff, and it tells me this is an adversary that we're not really treating as an adversary, certainly not yet. Well, as you know, I, I wrote a book called Trump versus China. It right, right. came out a couple months ago, and that was the major point of that book, that, that uh, nothing that they're doing surprises me. Uh, this is a dictatorship. Uh, it's a dictatorship which lies relentlessly. Uh, Dr. Brooks said the other day at the White House in one of the briefings that had the Chinese allowed us to know at the beginning how bad it was, that we would have reacted very differently. We thought it was a limited outbreak like SARS, when in fact it was an epidemic already. They have been lying to the world. Uh, they also have been sending out material that doesn't work. I mean, uh, there were some cases, for example, where they were sending masks and 80% and, and of them were defective. Uh, so there's a lot of strange stuff going on right now. And I think that uh, the Chinese are likely to come out of this uh, dramatically alienated from a lot of people. Is there a potential that the regime in Beijing could go down as a consequence of this? I mean, we hear the same kind of story coming out of Iran. In fact, it's almost like they coordinated their disinformation campaign, blaming America for the start of this whole thing. And, and, and I think, I think that was instinctive on the part of the Iranians, uh, the, the, the dictatorship. I think there, there are different situations. The Iranian dictatorship has been very deeply weakened by our sanctions. The collapse of the price of oil has costed a great deal of money. Uh, it's a very old dictatorship now. A lot of people in their 70s and 80s. Uh, and the fact is that uh, they've lost a number of people now uh, to the virus. So I think they have a different stress level. I wouldn't be too shocked to see them end up with a uh, some kind of uh, military coup. Uh, I don't think you're going to get a rebellion from the streets because there are too many armed members of the military. But I think you could get a military coup of a younger generation replacing them. In China, I don't, I don't know that the communist system is going to break down yet. But I think Xi Jinping, uh, the general secretary, uh, has real problems. I think that uh, I would not be shocked to see him gradually get eased out of power. The Politburo will decide. Right. I know you've got another uh, hit coming up. I just heard your phone go off. I, I, I want to end this with this right here, your new book. Tell us about it. Well, Shakedown, in fact, uh, takes an uh, opportunity to look at what if the Russians and the Iranians got together? The Iranians brought a nuclear weapon, the Russians brought a submarine, uh, and decided 
to set off a nuclear weapon underwater off of Washington and Baltimore. This is based on an actual project in World War II. Uh, we looked at whether or not you could create a tsunami off Japan, uh, decided with conventional weapons you couldn't. And then the Soviets picked up the same idea and experimented, looked at it as a serious option in the Cold War period. So we have uh, two people who are courageous, uh, an FBI agent and a uh, Navy SEAL, and they uh, have the job of trying to stop this Russian-Iranian conspiracy. And if you get tired of reading about the virus and you get tired of worrying, I think Shakedown's a pretty good book to just enjoy life. God bless you, brother. Thank you very much for making Thank time you. to be with us. I, I mean that. God bless you, brother. Happy Easter. Now, thanks for being with us and this podcast. We'll be back with more of these kinds of broadcasts, so don't miss them. And until we come again, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, press on, America. <laughs>